Welcome to Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly Bible study. Please join Dr. Steve Wood every week where we can all collectively grasp a better understanding of God through His Word. This podcast will be published every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at Steve rwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Good evening. Welcome everyone to Hillside Baptist Church and our Wednesday evening service. Well, yeah, I know it's a podcast, but hopefully one of these days we'll actually be able to meet together in our church building on Wednesday night. Wouldn't that be great? We may still send out a podcast for those that can't come, but uh, uh, we're glad that you're joining us tonight. And uh, we're continuing our study tonight in the book of 2 Corinthians. And tonight we're going to be looking at verses 8 through 11. Very intense verses as we look at what the Apostle Paul has to say, and I think some important things for us as we take to heart what the Bible has to say to us, to each one of us. Where do you find hope when I'm struggling? Where do you find hope, where do I find hope, when I'm struggling? And uh, so let's each one take it personally. Where do I find hope? And 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and as we continue with our uh, study, we're looking at verses 8 through 11 tonight. We'll come back and look at some uh, of these verses Again, but uh, we want to read the whole text, and it begins in verse 8. For we don't want you to be unaware, brothers, of our affliction that took place in Asia. We were completely overwhelmed beyond our strength, so that we even despaired of life. Indeed, we personally had a death sentence within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a terrible death, and He will deliver us. We have put our hope in Him that He will deliver us again while we join in helping, while you join in helping us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gift that comes to us through the prayers of many. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the blessings that you've given. Thank you for your word. It encourages us. It helps us to see what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do in the future. And Father, I pray your blessings on each one that's listening to our podcast tonight that we might be able to glean from it the help we need for our individual lives in our time of trouble in our time of struggling. And we know that many that are listening to this podcast tonight are going through some rough times. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who is able to encourage us, lead us, and help us to understand what you're doing. I pray your blessings on those that are listening. I pray your blessings on our church as a whole. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Tonight, as I begin this podcast, I want to give you just a little update on Wanda. Uh, We have made arrangements now to go back to the United States. We have our tickets bought since we have our new passports, and uh, uh, we're going to be going back. We'll uh, not leave the church in any problems. We will have... uh, the pulpit field each Sunday as, as I'm gone, we hope. And uh, so uh, pray about that. Pray for our trip. As the Apostle Paul talks about those that are in Corinth, how he appreciated their prayers, I can tell you tonight, Wanda and I appreciate your prayers for us as, as we make this trip back, as they check out her heart, as they see what's going on, and, and then make the necessary corrections whatever that might be, medication or a pacemaker or maybe even something else that we don't know anything about. But anyway, uh, thank you for your prayers. We very much appreciate them. Many of you are telling us that you're praying for us, and I know you are. Now, as we begin this lesson tonight, the Bible tells us that hardships are not unusual. Verses 8 and 9 The Apostle Paul tells us about the hardships that he's gone through. It's not easy. For we don't want you to be unaware, brothers, of our affliction that took place in Asia. We were completely overwhelmed beyond our strength so that we even despaired of life. That is something, isn't it? But it's not something that's unusual. There can be resentment sometimes in our relationship with God when hard times come. Doesn't God love me anymore? We might think. Why is God allowing this? Have you ever thought that? I have. And that can lead us to questioning what God is doing that God doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, we shouldn't think that, should we? But I think sometimes we do. This is particularly true if we've been led to believe by unscriptural thinking that God is here to make our lives easy. Too many believe that God's job is that of a helicopter parent. Have you ever heard that term before? Helicopter parents are so named because like helicopters, They hover overhead, overseeing every aspect of their child's life constantly. This is not how God operates. Now, of course, I guess I should say that's not how parents ought to operate either. But that's not God's doing. It's not God's job to act that way over us. Hardships are basic elements of the human experience. As we go through life, we're going to go through some hardships. Now, becoming a Christian doesn't exempt us from that, but being saved does provide us with additional resources with which to deal with rough times. The Holy Spirit, as I mentioned a moment ago, is always with us. He's there to help us. And He's going to lead us 
through the rough times. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so we can, we can latch on to verses like that and know that God is going to help us regardless of what we're going through. The Apostle Paul was saying here in our text tonight that the Lord was with them in that problem time. Even when they despaired of life. He said, indeed, we personally had a death sentence within ourselves so that we will not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit, but think about that. As he was going through these things, these rough times, he was able to know that God was with him. The God who raises the dead was able to help him. So don't give in to the thought that God has somehow let you down or disappointed you just because you have some struggles to deal with. God grows us in our struggles. Verse 9 tells us, Indeed, we personally had a death sentence within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves. Do you see what he's saying? That trouble came on them so that they wouldn't trust in themselves. This is a critical point. There are a number of ways that God can grow us in our struggles, but let's focus tonight on the one that is mentioned in this passage. The Apostle Paul says that the Corinthian, to the Corinthians that the struggles that he was going through served to help them not trust ourselves, but in God. How does that happen? Well, far too many of us, we're often relying on ourselves to handle the obstacles in our lives. We don't think about not doing it ourselves. Trouble comes, problems come. Uh, we just say, oh, I'm, I'm going to handle this. I'm going to do this. We look first and primarily to our ideas, our resources, our answers. Sometimes it's only when we get to the absolute end of our rope, when we've nowhere else to look, that we reluctantly cry out to God and seek His answers. Of course, it shouldn't be this way. It should be that God is the first place that we turn, right? But it's not that way for us many times. How exactly does this grow us? Let's think about that for just a moment. It might be through our realization of our need for Him. It might be through learning to depend on prayer. It might be practicing how we wait on the Lord. You know, he, he doesn't do it as quickly as we think He ought to do it, or He doesn't take care of our problems immediately. And it might be that expecting Him to do things bigger than we can do them helps us to rely on Him more 
every day. He wants us to become people with great spiritual power, prayer warriors, believers of incredible faith, spiritual victories under our belt. Spiritual victories come by faith. And for us to have that kind of faith, it has to be built. It's not something that just happens. It requires us to have a, an experience of going through struggles and trusting God to come through those struggles for us. And then we serve a God of impossibilities. Did you notice that last part of verse 9? He says, we trust not in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. The Apostle Paul mentions something about God that only he can do. And that he's relying on the one who can raise the dead. You see, sometimes in the Apostle Paul's life, I believe that's exactly what God did. You remember when he was stoned and left for dead? I think that the Apostle Paul really did die. He talks about that experience at another time when he says he was caught up to the third heaven. Well, think about that for just a moment. The Apostle Paul could have been raised from the dead by the Lord Jesus Christ. He did that for others, didn't he? What about Lazarus? What about the ruler's daughter? We could look at others. But the Lord was able to raise someone from the dead. And the Apostle Paul knew that he could depend on God even if he lost his life for God to bring him back to life. Now, I don't know that that's what he did on this particular occasion, but he said, we're trusting the one who can do that. There was no doubt to the people who saw Jesus die, that it was game over. He didn't just die. He was tortured. He was pierced. He was crucified on a cross. And when he breathed his last, all of his disciples knew that he was gone. They mourned his loss, the loss of their teacher the loss of their leader. There were a thousand things that were going through their minds. What do we do now? Are the religious authorities going to arrest us too? Maybe they're going to put us to death. How did Jesus do those miracles that He did if He wasn't the Messiah? Think about their questions. Now, one question I don't think that was going through their minds was the thought, do you think his death might be just temporary? They saw him die. They saw him taken down from the cross. They knew he was gone. They didn't understand the teachings about the resurrection that Jesus had given them over and over and over again. And death is something that everyone knows is permanent. Dead people stay dead. But God's power was greater than they expected. 
God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. When you know that you're serving a heavenly Father who can raise the dead, it makes our problems look puny, ordinary, by comparison to what Jesus went through. We serve a God who can do what we consider impossible so that we can give the service that we need to to Him because we have hope. As we take our struggles to Him, we know He is able to take care of them because He's the one that raises the dead. I've heard, notice verse 10. It says, He has delivered us from such a terrible death and will deliver us. We have put our hope in Him that He will deliver us again. Did you notice that he talks about deliverance more than once. The apostle here is telling us that God has been faithful in the past to deliver them. That gave him confidence that God would deliver in the future. We can have the same assurance. One of the most powerful tools we have to increase our confidence in God's faithfulness is to be delivered from our struggles, from our problems. The knowledge that we have of the way that God has delivered us from the trouble in the past will help us as we face our trouble and struggles today. Have we found Him faithful? Because we can answer with a resounding yes that gives us confidence for an uncertain future. What does the future hold? I don't know. What does it hold for me and Wanda as we go back to the United States? I don't know. But our hope is in God. Now these other things are important, but our hope is in God. Many things fail us. Our friends, sometimes they're there for us. But then they get distracted by their own lives. They may not be there when we need them most. It's good to have friends. Don't get me wrong. But they can't be everything for us. Our families can disappoint us. Our money can fail us. It may be here today and gone tomorrow. Our church may even let us down. I hope not. But that can happen right? And certainly our, our church can't do for us what the Lord can do for us. But God will never leave us or forsake us. That's what Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, I will never leave you or forsake you. We need to have that grafted on our hearts. The Lord's the one that is the faithful one. He is the one that will help us. He is the one that will get us out of the problems that we face today. We all get our source of help from the Lord if we know Him as our personal Savior. And we get to rejoice together after the deliverance. Notice verse 11. 
while we join in helping, while you join in helping us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gift that comes to us through the prayers of many. When we pray for others, when we prayed for Will and Johnny, and Will and his illness, whatever it may be, they don't really know yet. But then we see the improvement. We see the things that are happening. And we rejoice with them. We rejoice that Will is doing better. And that it looks like right now that it's not the worst diagnosis that they were thinking about. That it's not cancer. We're hoping that it's not. But it, that it is a viral infection that they can take care of. It's a wonderful thing when God deli God's deliverance comes through. When we experience that, we get to share the joy that we feel when those we have been praying for has that deliverance, has that answer to their prayers. When we pray for someone and God comes through, we all rejoice. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. So rejoice with me tonight because God is going to bring the answer we need. God is going to give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to doubt Him. And He's available for us in our struggles. Father, we thank You tonight for answered prayer. We thank You that You delivered many from the struggles that they've been going through. Help us tonight that we'll have faith in you as we continue to go through struggles in our lives. And I know that you're there for us. And Father, if I'm talking to somebody tonight that has never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they don't have this hope, they don't have this help in their struggles, we pray for them that they would turn from their sins and they would turn to Jesus Christ for his salvation that he gave as he died on the cross for our sins. Again, Father, thank you for the blessings of tonight. Thank you for our church. And we pray your blessings upon our coming services this next Lord's Day. But we ask your blessings on this podcast right now as it reaches out to those that are listening. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stay tuned for a short weekly editorial with Face to Face with Dr. Fred. Good evening. Moving from one location to another location is quite a big deal. I know you know what I am talking about. It does not take long until the excitement to a new place wears out, whether it's across to another country or whether it's just next door. We now take stuff out of our boxes, put it in a so-called right place, only to have to move the stuff from the right place to another place called the right place. That's where the stuff is. So we look at the stuff to see if it fits in this new place where it should have been in the first place. Confusing? Organized confusion? Yes, I agree with you. Then out of nowhere, it seems, something falls on the floor. 
a new obsolete cassette with Jerry Hagee's name on it, my friend. Also, a letter I wrote to him and his wife, Polly, that I never sent. Good intentions are paved to the road of, well, you've heard that before. I read the letter, pretty good letter. I wish I'd sent it to them. But I decided to listen to Jerry Hagee's cassette tape. What a tape it was. It was the best I had ever heard on hell. Yes, H-E-L-L. That place that is a rarity which preachers rarely preach about now. So I called Jerry and encouraged him to write a book. And he not only wrote a book, but even had it published this year. And, and the title uh, is very good because it's apropos to what it is. And who do you say that I am? That's the title. I'm not a preacher, so I will let a preacher preach for me in a way. His name is Jonathan Edwards. Maybe you have heard of him. On July the 8th, 1741, 280 years ago, a preacher named Jonathan Edwards, his title of his sermon that Sunday morning in Massachusetts was Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. I went to my research, the internet, of course, I have heard about that sermon most of my Christian life. Just never read it. At 86, I thought, it's about time to read it. Take time to be holy and read it. And I did. What a sermon. It was about a three-hour sermon, incidentally. Here's just two statements. The devil stands ready to fall upon them and seize them as his own. At what moment God shall permit him? Hell, open its mouth wide to receive them. And if God should permit it, they would be hastily swallowed up and lost. Unconverted men walk over the pit of hell on a rotten covering, places not seen. And so it is a great sermon that continues. You can find it on the internet yourself. And it is a great sermon. Grace Baptist Church, Bocchetti, Panama, 2020. Outside evening worship service, just beginning here in Panama. From the States, was walking an old guy like me, and I invited him to come and worship with us. When he laughingly refused, I talked to him about the ultimate of both of our lives. When you die, will you be going to heaven or hell? Hell, he said immediately. Surprise for such a quick but firm answer, I asked, why is that? 
Another surprise. I am going to hell to beat upon the devil. He has hurt too many people. With that, he laughed and walked on his way. As Jerry Hagee's title to his new published book says, Who did you say that I am? What is hell like? I ask this question. Where will your last move be with all of your stuff? I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you and God bless.